nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Welcome to Rebel Radio, episode 6. 6, really? Six, aye, 6, six, aye. Aye. Um, we, we, we missed you last week. We did. We sure been, missed us. Me being Rab, and you being Jamie. Indeed, yes, thank you for that, Robert. For any new follower to the pod. Um, how are you doing? I'm alright, busy week. Weather's been busy. great, but aye. That's southern sunshine. Some sunshine. Anyway, nice talking to you. I'll keep your phone. Aye, maybe I'll speak to you later on. Bye. <laughs> right, aye. So, as always, we're here to talk about all things Celtic. Uh, and today, given the fact that Celtic have only kicked the ball uh, in the best part of three months, um, we're kind of getting to that sort of bottom fifth of the barrel um, for, for things that we can talk about. And I like, I like to be fair, I do like the idea of come up with the top fives. Uh, I'm enjoying this, you know? Aye, that's good. Challenging. So uh, basically, the days uh, today's today's kind of subject we're going to talk about once we get into the beef is the it's basically going to be the John McGinn podcast. Um, we're going to talk about the top five players um, that almost signed for Celtic. Now, that obviously is open to a wide range of interpretation, but we'll come to that later on. Um, thank you for joining us. And why don't we get into the news? The news, aye. Uh, what really has been happening this week? Comings and goings? Well, no such comings, unfortunately. Aye. Aye. Um, um, mainly Jozo and Johnny. Yep, I was going to crack a joke there, but I'll, I'll leave that. Yeah, I'll, leave that <laughs> I'll leave that one with you. I'll leave oh, that human in the bathroom where it belongs. Please do. Um, okay, game face on. Aye. Uh, aye. So, I guess that's that's a good place to start then. Um, Johnny Hayes and Jozo Orofsky. They are. Who do you want to start with? I love Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes it is then. Aye. I think Johnny Hayes was a terrific Celtic player. Uh, he won't go down as a legend by any stretch, but um, he done a job. Done all that he could have. Nothing more, nothing less. And I'm glad he got his goal out of Rooks. That's the main thing. Right good Celtic man and all that. Yep. This kind of blindsided me a wee bit, because... Um, I thought, you know, he said in his interview yesterday on Sky Sports that he was playing quite regularly under Lennon. Um, and he said that after the Rangers game in December, he sort of started to have conversations with Lennon about his contract. And, um, you know, it just never really panned out in the end, you know, that it just never really never really happened. And I'm assuming that at his age, it'd be similar to, to Lustig and that the club probably don't want to be offering any more than maybe a year or two on a deal because he has 32. Whereas Hayes maybe... Was holding it for for, for the three year deal um, potentially. Um, would you have kept him? Um, yes, I would have. Well, I think I would have did what Celtic did and probably offered him the one year to be honest, because it's left back. Good left backs are hard to come by in the in the price bracket we operate in, and 
at the moment we're kind of just left with ball and goalie, aren't we? Um, and Taylor. Taylor, aye. But again, the two of them are patchy at best. I think Taylor could come on to a game. Um, but I would have liked him in and around the squad for at least another year. I would have offered him that, but anymore, I don't know. I think if there was ever a 32-year-old who would be up for a three-year deal, um, if that's what he was wanting, again, I'm just merely speculating, I've got no clues to how long he wanted on his deal. But if there was a 32-year-old who was going to go for that, he would be the one I would get to because he's fit as a fiddle. Uh, he lives his life the right way, by all accounts, and he's fast, which is quite rare for a player of his age. He's quite a pacey player. Um, I was, I'm, I'm sorry to see him go. I would have definitely kept him on for our season, at least. Um, I, I don't think you can have too many guys like that in the squad. He seems a popular figure. Um, he was always reliable, and he was never productive going forward, which was his, you know, which when you sign a guy as a winger, um, you know, you, you would expect. But I just thought he was a steady hand. I just thought he was a guy that could come in and always give you a six and a half, seven out of ten. Right. And whenever I seen his day on the team sheet, I never panicked or worried and thought, oh no. You know, even look at the performance away in Wren uh, last year. You know that tackle he made I in the last rinsed, fifteen minutes. You know, he runs the guy. <laughs> ah, you know, it was just it was his commitment was was total and. I'm sorry to see him go. Um, good say, man, as you say, but definitely a guy that kept on for another season, at the very least. Uh, what about Big Jozo then? Um, that's another one that's kind of strange, a strange decision, unless they, they obviously maybe know more than we do about who is coming in. Because, again, we're a bit thin on the old centre-back front. Even though Jozo did have his moments, he was more than capable in seeing us through league games. He, is, he, he did have that reputation, probably quite rightly, of being kind of made of glass as well, which is not great to, to have, considering you six foot three Serbian or whatever. So, a Croatian, is it Serbian Croatian on that base? Croatian. Aye. But no, is there no choice to play? Eh, never mind, it's not whatever. Um, Croatian. Right. <laughs> aye, so he's got probably that rep. They, they've maybe looked at it and thought, mm, do we take a risk? Do we take a chance on this guy picking up another bad injury and then that could be him for God knows how long? I always... Big Joe's always fine, like, you know, but but he was kind of touching the Boyatas a bit in the sense that he could implode on a big stage. You know, he'd done it against, uh, you know, against Copenhagen last couple of months, but, you know, he was, you're right, he was solid enough and he was more than comfortable playing domestically and even, you know, under... under um, Rogers, he you know, played no bad players in Europe on, on the odd occasion, but the big issue with Jozo was that the next contract that Jozo was going to get was going to be a big one. He's 25, and he's you know, this is his, he's his highest earning potential, you know what I mean, at the minute, and he's, he's a guy that's probably looking at um, his next contract being the big one. Um, maybe, maybe he's got one more big one in him, but you know, his next one has to be the right one. Um, and I don't think he's a guy who, as far as I could tell, had any real attachment to the club. You know, if you recall when Rogers first came in, we're going to sell him to Livorno, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and he was actually in Italy, sitting in a cafe in a square day the recording. I did an interview with Guy's Sports News, which was just bizarre. But um, I don't think he's a guy I ever really felt any real affinity with. He never showed anything to the fans. I met him uh, at my old job and he seemed like a nice guy. Uh, but, you know, if you've been at Celtic for five years now, Celtic in five years will probably have played close to 300 games. Is that fair to say? Uh, aye, I guess so. 
50 to 60 because you get at 50 before you even kicked a ball in any of the trophies Aye. between the league and the, and the Champions League qualifiers, you know, and then potentially Europa League, whatever yep. it would be. I think Celtic are about, you know, 50 to 60 games a season. Joe's in five years with Celtic played 125 games. Do you know what I mean? Now, that's good for a backup centre-half, but I don't think he would have wanted to be paid like a backup centre-half. I think a big man would have wanted um, a good contract to it, and I just couldn't see the club committing to a guy who's going to be fit 50% of the time over the next four years. You know what I mean? Right. I think well, he did go through spells of being not a backup centre-half, though. He was first, right. first choice for runs of maybe, what, seven, eight, ten games, and then he would have another howler, or he'd pick up another wee niggly injury here or there. Or, for instance, he couldn't play two games in a week as well. That's got to come into it. Where and half of your games midweek are away at Kilmarnock, away at Hamilton on these 5G pitches, and they can't play on them. So, yeah, that's that's got to come into it as well. And uh, side, side note, he, he's uh, Bosnian. He just chose to play for Bosnia. That's what it was. Croatian. He is Croatian. You're right. He's chosen to play for Bosnia. He um. He, you'll be remembered fondly. You'll be remembered as a as a winner amongst the Celtic fans, I'm sure. Right. Um, I think what you said first, you know, kind of class knees was another one. You know, he he's a guy who, as I say, was was terribly injury prone, um, and and he did have good spells for us. Um, he's a guy that I don't, you know, doesn't lose anything, and, and and vice versa. Um, but if I think it's one of the calls where. Until we replace him with somebody, it's hard to judge how good a move this is. Um, because if we go out and sign a, you know, an old head, 31, 32, a guy maybe played a few years in the Premier League or the Bundesliga or whatnot, um, I'm looking at you, Marvin Comper, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and, and replace him with a bit of experience and maybe just a guy that can come in and play 30 games a season you know, at a higher level than Jozo was, then it'll be a good move um, to free up the wages to do that. But if we go out and replace him with... Mince or take a punt in some guy for you know, I don't know, anywhere, Aye. then you know, it's no, it's no ideal. Aye, so that's I can understand the club's decision, um, but I don't know, it'd be better if somebody decent coming in, basically. That's that's the beat, that's the bottom line. Big Jozo, um, was actually the, the topic of one of my favorite moments the last season, which was. Um, at the time, and, and I've mentioned this before on here, but at the time when Rangers were going through that phase of, um, you know, absolutely just getting beat off of everybody, you know, February, uh, pretty much the whole month of February, they were just getting kicked about. Um, and, and Gerard was going through that sort of post-match interview phase when it would come up on my YouTube and I would just stop whatever I was doing to watch him for three minutes talk about how terrible his players were. Um Lennon done something after that Copenhagen game that I, I thought was a real sign of development and I've told you before, which was that they asked him about Jozo and he just let it go. You know, Jozo just knocked us at the Europa League against a team who were absolutely garbage by just basically gaining the ball away in the final third to, to a guy who was one-on-one with a goalkeeper. And Lennon had the chance to throw him under the bus and he just said, yeah, you know, that happens. This team have been great with me and, you know, Anything I win is a result of the aim, and anything we lose is, is your, you know, your kind of collective failure. So I thought that was a good sign of maturity for, for Lenny. Uh, I think it bodes well for the future, and um, we'll always have that tackle, Rab. I know, I was going to say we can move we can um, move on and have the final point being the positive that he is the world's premier launch pad for Kenny Millers. Yeah, he is. Aye. He is indeed. Right. Um, 
I've got a wee bit more Celtic news for you because it's been a couple of weeks actually. Well, actually, actually, yeah, actually right. Last, uh, but we're getting to we're getting into transfer time now. Um, we're starting to get to the point now where we're certainly actually being linked with players. Right. Um, as I've, well, I've actually got a few as well. Oh, have you? I have I had kept oh, a wee note. Do you want to crack on there? Uh, it was just a few me? from the last few days. I've not really kept mm-hmm. two two detailed notes. I did watch one classic uh, YouTube compilation video with some excellent oh, yes. Euro dance pop on it um, yep. from a, a chap called Sean Weissman. I'm looking at it right now. Aye. 24-year-old Wolfsberger AC striker. Wanna be on in El Hamed's pals. <laughs> yep. What do you think? Um, I, I, I mean, okay, I'll ask you this by telling a quick, a quick story. Uh, and again, we're getting to this point after six weeks and I might just be repeating myself. But I remember the first ever compilation I saw uh, on YouTube. And it was in 2006 or 2007 when Rangers signed Jean-Claude Darcheville. Yes. Uh, what was he called? The Bullet? Uh, some, there's a few other game names that he called him, but we'll know. So, the, um, the, the, they put the, somebody posted a link to it on one of the, the forums, or you know, I couldn't remember how I found it. Lord knows how people spoke to each other back in 2006, probably MSN, MSN Messenger. Yeah, that's it. Um, but certainly I've seen it, and he looked terrifying. And I remember 15, 16 year old me looking at that screen going, this league's finished. There's no way we're going to be able to keep up with this guy. And of course, the Jean-Claude Darcyville that was playing for Marseille in 2001 and the Jean-Claude Darcyville that was playing for Rangers in 2005 were four years and about four stone <laughs> different. Um, he came in to Scotland weighing in at a sizable uh, extra large in the shorts, I would say. And he was a decent enough player for them, but he, he didn't match up to his YouTube credentials. Um, Weissman might, I don't think it's... I think it's difficult for Celtic because Vakun of Bio is there and he is another one who kind of similar to Weissman was just absolutely potting him in Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Austria is a bit a better league. Um, but it's that thing about Scottish football, man. It's it's a hard league to play in. There's another um, and I don't think it's keep going. Um I don't think it's the easiest to Hello? Hello? Hello, we're still here. I'm still here. Are you still there? Still... Oh, we're still yes, going. Yes. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Um, technical difficulties. I've accidentally tabbed out the page, so Lord knows I've I've got nothing on my on my my thing media. Oh, so, disaster. Um, what I was going to, to what I was going to say. To, just to clarify, this isn't going to just confirm. This isn't just. We're not going to keep going. It's not just going to record your half, is it? No, I'll be alright. I can hear you, so it's fine. Uh, okay, that's fine. Right. I. I. So the asterisk as well against German Weissman is that it's actually the Austrian second tier. Oh, <laughs> oh he, however, he has scored 22 goals in 21 games for them last year. So he's better than that league by the sounds of it, but it's still yeah, only the second. The well, I quickly wicked him. I mean, quickly. And then I wicked I the club. I think you may be talking. Uh, be AC, I'm sure, is the Austrian, like second tier. Okay, twenty-four-year-old um, scored twenty-nine goals in thirty appearances, including Europa League strikes against Roma and Borussia Mönchengladbach. So it must well, have been qualifiers. Eh? Must have been then. Or must written... have written and get relegated or something. Uh, oh well, I've just read the headline. That's my fault. The club completed twenty seasons of the second level 
of Austrian football between whatever dates and then uh-huh. now it's moved up. So, so welcome to Rebel Radio, the uh, Premier Wolves <laughs> podcast. It's some badge you've got, by the way. I've seen it, right? it's a uh-huh. I think they were one of the clubs. It was, not, it was not a German club a couple of years ago. It was like it was like managed by Walter Wolf and it was like Wolfsburg class. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're talking absolute mince now. Um, yes, I seen that mate, and I, I did. I did note it, and I only. But I, mean, I don't know. You can we forget for a million quid. What's the um, end of it in a bio, and you just transfer it to Dundee in order for a, you know an exchange for a league trophy. A banter, so, absolute banter points. Exactly. Who else have you got? I, let me see what's... I'll choose the easiest name to pronounce. So I've got a guy, Pavel Davidkovic, by the looks of it. Davidkovic, aye. Hells Verona centre-back. Right. I, I know nothing else of him other than that. Mm-hmm. Not even for the extensive football manager playing, which is kind of worrying. Well, I've got a wee bit of news, unless you've got any more transfer. I, a winger. You tricked winger? Okay. Oh, no. How many wingers do we need? Guy could be real fast, said once. What have we got? Gerano, Gerano Kerk, Kerk, K-E-R-K. 24-year-old winger. We tried to buy him apparently late in the January window, but it was too late for Utrecht to feasibly go out and sign someone else, whatever we were going to pay for him. So the interest apparently hasn't dropped and we're having another look. But again, it's... I mean, I got most of these from the same website that said that Johnny Hayes and Joseph Simunovic were still staying, so take these with an absolute pinch of salt. Uh, what's his name? Girano Kirk. Kirk. I think I know his brother. I think his brother's playing in the north of France. Go on then. Dun <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> For him. Excuse me. Um, taxi's just outside. Uh, beep, beep. Um, I've got a wee bit of news. Go on then. Christopher Ayer. Candy's agent. He did. That's right. Saw that. So I had a conversation yesterday with my boss at work because we just we speak about about the important things. We were talking about Ayer um, moving potentially at the end of the season, and my boss made a good point where he was sort of saying his agent's a bit of a superstar, isn't he? You know, his agent was a guy that was out in uh, you know what is it March or sometime February sometime, and he was saying you know he, he might not be here next season and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't know at the time that his agent's his deal with his agent was up, um, but it makes sense that the guy's obviously been trying to work his ticket to secure a move for Joseph uh, for Christopher before the transfer window kicks in. Yeah. You know he must have been trying to make some sort of claim and work his ticket for it. I, by all accounts, distanced 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 himself from those statements, but I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that he's kind that guy. What do you think? Uh, total selfish point of view. It's uh, I think it's brilliant because. Agents uh, whispering things in players' ears that they don't need to be told can often be detrimental to them. And especially a young guy like Christopher Iyer, who's playing year in, year out in Europe, he's got a guaranteed place in that starting lineup. Um, well, I would say he's quite high up on the old fan favourite list. Um, I think he's got another couple of years with us, at least before he, he should really think that he's outgrown Celtic. And to be honest, I don't think he has outgrown South at the moment either. He's not. He's not any. He's not exactly Virgil, is he, or Dembele or anything. Right, so, so he has got he has got development to do. So I, from a selfish point of view, I reckon him carrying that agent's probably a step in the right direction for us. 
I remember Tierney did this the year before he left for Arsenal. Um, Tierney left for his, uh, did this when he was linked to Everton at the time as a long-term replacement for Leighton Baines. Um, so it could be that he's just re- reached a natural conclusion. You know, he's signed a five-year deal with that agent when he's been 16 or 17 and knew that that's done. He's going to get another agent before he makes the next big move in his career. Could just be that, or it could just be the guys said too much, and I just think, so listen, mate, forget it. You're just unsettling things for me here. Um, we've got him tied into a contract for next few year at least, so I hope he stays beyond this summer. Absolutely, because um, I reckon, you know, with Jozo going as well, we have, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big ask to bring a lot of new centre halves in there, and Big Julian, who's probably the newest one at the club, you know, um, I can, I can offer you that consistency. Definitely. Um, we have. One thing I just want to touch on as well, actually, two more things I want to touch on quickly. Um, Brendan Rogers, did you see his interview the other day with Leicestershire Live? I have saw snippets and sound bites of it. Is this one where he's talking about getting coronavirus and all that? <laughs> no, but that was hilarious. But <laughs> he said, yeah, I get coronavirus, the only thing. It reminded me of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> only Brendan Rogers could. Uh, you know, could turn getting a, a massive virus <laughs> and he'd been able to talk about himself in public. Like a humble um, brag, that sums the guy up. Um, no, he said that um, some members of his family haven't spoken to him uh, since he left Celtic. I did, I did see um, that. I, what do you think? Did you read the actual interview itself? Uh, no, but from the headline, I mean, I don't believe in this anymore, so. No, I don't either. Um, he basically justifies his leaving by saying um, that you know he felt at the time when he left that Celtic were eight points clear, the club were in a good place in the Scottish Cup, and that uh, you know well that was it. You know he just he thought this was the right time to chuck his. Uh, I disagree, and um, I he's, he's talking about his ass. I think he knew very well what he was doing, just jumped for a coin. But they all live in different you know different different wavelengths, didn't they? Aye. I agree. By the way, can we can we make a decision that Christopher Ayer's name's got one too many syllables in it? And I propose that we go with Christopher going forward. If you want, aye. Christopher. Nah, nah, because that's that sounds as though his name's Christoph and it's no Christoph, it's Christopher. Christopher. Is it names like he's got a middle name as well? It's like or that is his middle name, it's something like Hasback. There's a there's a third part to his what? name. His, his middle name is Fur. And I'm saying we just call him, he's, you know, he's... <laughs> um, okay, right. I'll, I'll, I'll drop that. Vaspak, uh, that's it. Christopher Vaspak, are you? That's definitely you know that too long. Manager, you? No, I actually know for life score, you know, the app. Whenever okay. he gets booked, oh, that's right, yeah, whenever he gets booked in that, he gives his full name. Other, other, other <laughs> uh, gambling apps are available. Aye. Um, Rangers did sign Hadji in the end. We mentioned it last time we spoke two. Uh, two Fridays ago. Um, I'm quite happy with that, considering this, the fact I've spent four million quid on the guy, um, or three million quid on the guy. Um, Cybrox baby is different, isn't it? Definitely. And the, <laughs> uh, it's a statement. <laughs> <being> so true. <laughs> I, I'm just enjoying the fact that what was it? Gen? What one of the gen? Gent or Genk? Genk. Okay. Aye, well, <laughs> one of them, anyway, whatever one we sold, um, a Bowie to for a million and a half or whatever it was, they basically just transferred that money straight back into Celtic's account. <laughs> Class, <laughs> thanks very much, boys. Um, aye, it's a, it's a weird one. I don't know if I'd be over the, over the moon 
myself if I was uh, selling moving outside Georgie Hadji is a big um, player for the summer but the one thing I will say about this coronavirus it is a real issue is that now we've got a six month summer um, instead of just the usual two and a half month summer and that's a long title for Rangers to hold you know the, the summer champions for six months you know what I mean that's it's going to be a big ask of them but um, based on the last five or six years I've got every confidence they'll be able to do it um, because Lord knows they love winning the championship every July don't they aye there's nothing to right. me so we've got a big feature. Do you want to do candy corner first, or do you want to do this first? Oh, well, I've got the candy corner first. Uh, okay, so well, I will do. Um, and then we'll finish off with our main Terry's the candy, chocolate orange segment. The candy uh, AGM is uh, is this Thursday. And at the candy AGM, um, fans will be invited to ask questions, and, you know, we'll, we'll answer them for you. Um I will be formally appointed to the committee of St Rocks on this Thursday, um, which is which is great. My granddad was in the committee. I'm very happy with that. Uh, but I'll be carrying out the role of uh, communications for a year, um, so relationship building and terrorising people on Twitter. Um, it will be my main remit. Um, so I, that's exciting. Good. Uh, I interviewed Paul Kelly last week, who's a manager. Had a great time talking away to him. And you can listen to that in the St Rocks podcast, which is a bit easier to find on podcast, uh, podcast addict or whatever it is, and iTunes and that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, there you go. That's that's it. Good news. Congratulations. Well, no, thanks very much, mate. We're not announcing any signings until later in the month because we, we don't see any reason to. Um, they're all signed up, but why would we do that and just let other clubs know uh, who we're signing and when? So, hi, there you go, mate. But a tactical uh, media work. I don't know. Well, you know, that's you could, that's the one thing you definitely get out of me, you know, as head of comms as as a tactical uh, um <laughs> I don't know. I'm mate. trying to remember um, we'll see. <laughs> trying to remember who the the communications minister is and the thick of it and all that, who's absolutely useless but it's escapes me. So you're I'll lucky. Watch that. You're lucky, mate. Never watched that programme, um, but I'll, I'll need to get to it because yeah, I really recommend it. Right, aye, so Candy Corner's a, a quick one. Good, uh, this good, week good, it good. smell like candy chicane like uh, than it is really Candy Corner. Candy <laughs> flyby. <laughs> um, but we're, uh, we're, onto the, we're onto the big one. Uh, so, aye, right, so, I mean... By the way, can I just interject before we start? This was a listener request. So if you have any requests uh, that you would like us to discuss as part of our podcast, get your, get your offers in the DMs. Um, we are O E R H. We are right. only requesting. We're on, so, so we're on Twitter as well. Did you say that there? I just totally zoned it. No. I did not, but I mean, right. It's fine, mate. That's Listen, fine. people know where we are. Uh, aye, well, we just. People know uh, where we are. Rebel Radio Souths, I think, isn't it? Yep, just find us yep. there on the old Twitterverse and then fire us a DM or just even tag us in a comment and we'll get it. We'll have a look. And I'm thinking of a, a number between 1 and 100 right now. If you guess that number correctly, uh, we will give you the password to the Twitter account. Uh, and Best of luck for everyone. Everyone gets one try. <laughs> uh, right, OK, we're on to the big ones. <laughs> the big nearly ones. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the big... Uh, aye. So the concept for this was uh, the top five players who... Um, Nearly signed for Celtic. I think we need to have a wee chat first about what that actually means, didn't we? Uh, well, that would have been handy for us to actually do before we started picking players, but let's just talk about it anyway. I think when you don't 
do that, it gives you a wee bit more sort of creative. Liberty. Liberty. You know, you have to go away and figure it out for yourself. You get your own interpretation in that. So, so if you could um, tell me how you interpreted that question, what, what does it mean when you almost sign for selling? Uh, just, just basically nearly men, guys, that have maybe had deals either the, they've agreed to the personals and the clubs couldn't thrash out an agreement or vice versa. And then maybe a few years later, it's come out in an interview somewhere. It's like, oh, what's your big regrets for your career? Or um, we've, what's your affinity to this club? What's your affinity to that? And then they always, you players tend to drop a wee line here or there, a wee story um, about how they maybe nearly ended up somewhere. And, Aye, that's kind of what I picked it up on. I just and I googled it. I'm not going to lie, I fired up the old Google machine and had a wee look around, and then made my mind up by each of the stories and which I thought was credible and which wasn't. Well, I I, I kind of took a similar tact um, for the most part. I also took um, I took it to mean was on trial, was offered Aye. a trial, um. Or was linked with us consistently for a period of aye, five that, years and more. Aye. And there's only there's really only two men that fall into that category. Um but uh, one of them is a Celtic legend despite having never pulled on the hoops, um amongst certain sort of parts of the online Celtic community. But we'll come to that. Um have you ranked these in order? Or have uh, you just I was five? going to try and make a five a side team, but see when I the more I looked into it, um there's basically no defenders. <laughs> So <laughs> okay, well, there's definitely one defender. There's at least oh, there one. Is, aye. Um, but we can we can cross that bridge. I don't even include him in my five. He get, he's getting an honourable mention of that. But I have just I've, I've got a list. I've got a wee list. We can because I'm I'm sure there'll be crossover as well. So I can amend it. If you bring one up that I've got, and I'll just change on the fly. You know. Yes. Um, okay, right, shall we start? You go first. Well, I'm starting then. <laughs> I think the most obvious one. Um, obviously it was Rivaldo. <laughs> um, you got I, me a list. I, hold on, I just delete that one. <laughs> that is an absolute aye sickener. Um, it's like never signed Rivaldo in two thousand and four. In early July two thousand and four, I was still doing the papers, and I had this terrible habit of uh, stopping at my, my my customers' houses to get a cup of tea when I was doing my papering. I talk to them about selling usually, and. Uh, I we sat down and had a conversation about Rivaldo because he was on the front page of the paper, my, my neighbour Nick, and I just remember thinking to myself, two years ago this guy was you know playing the World Cup final, uh, and genuinely two years later, no like you know five years, four two years, literally twenty four months ago he won the World Cup, and now he's been linked with Celtic, um, and. There's not many players that could replace Larson, and I don't think Rivaldo would have replaced Larson, but I think just the sheer star value you'd have brought to the team um, would have would have at least gave us something to hang our hat on. But what happened was, um, if you recall, is, is Mark O'Neill invited him on the uh, club's tour of America, um, and he obviously wasn't too sure right. with that. Um, he spat dummy out. In fact, his agent was furious, and his agent declared that um, you know that he, you know he would, he would, uh, he would not be signing for Celtic on 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 the basis of over trial that he had enough, um, you know, he had enough under his. <laughs> to be fair, he probably did had enough under his belt to, um, you know, to justify you know, signing for the club. Right. Um, so he yeah. a big financial gamble though. I mean, there was no fee involved if I remember right because he was going on a free, but 
he would have instantly became the highest earner in the country, I would reckon. He would have, aye. Um, he would probably have just took Arsenal's wages, which is the same, I think, would have been 30 grand. Oh, um, easy. 30 grand a week. But the the, the thing about the uh, Rivaldo move is that, obviously, it fell through before Celtic went on the tour. And it was literally like, we must have been so close to that because Celtic left for the pre-season tour on the 23rd of July. Rivaldo signed for, for uh, on Piacos on the 22nd of July, mm. 2004. So it must have been like right up until the time when we were thinking about gone, where Celtic have been saying, look, we'll be taking this tour. I can understand O'Neill's you know, perspective. Probably just wants to see if he's got... Well, um, still got it. Still got his... 34 at the time. I remember watching the 2002 World Cup with my, my dad, and he was telling me, obviously, you know, sort of, it's, it's on his Wikipedia and that sort of stuff, so I hope I'm not, you know, saying anything too disrespectful, but the Rivaldo had a, obviously an awful upbringing in it. His physical appearance, you know, was was largely responsible for his, his you know, his, his losing teeth and all that sort of stuff when he was younger, and he obviously was bow legged, and you know, you can understand why the club, if they're signing a guy at thirty four, would would want to you know, make sure that physically he's going to be able to keep up with the rigors of the game. Um, turns out that he bloody well could. He ended up playing about another one hundred and fifty <laughs> top league games, um, <laughs> and, and in seventy games for Olympiacos over three seasons, scored thirty six goals, um, before he went out to. Uh, Athens of all places, um, and then Bunyod Core, um, which was quite interesting because I've seen him, I never seen him, but um, that was at the time when Bunyod Core, I think, were signing like Roberto Carlos and all that sort of stuff. Getting the old band back together, um, which was getting the old band back together. They signed Danielson, um, Louis Al, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, aye, that was, there you go. Uh, Rivaldo yeah, is numero uno. Start that one. Uh, I'm going to go with one that's probably also on your list, which will be good. That way we can actually both talk about Didi Drogba. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aye. So, Drogba. Um, based, when, what, have you got the year roughly when he was in, thinking about moving? It was before he went, it, it was moved before Marseille, wasn't it? It was Greenham. He ended up going to. So, he was, he just left, you know, in uh, 2002. Right. He was about to leave. And he ended up signing for Marseille right. in 2002. Now, by the way, just for the record, I've not got my list. Right. I'm just telling you this half a back. What a startle brain you've got there, man. Oracle, mate. Oracle is a word Good. I've heard used in the past. Um, but I, uh, he signed for Marseille in 2002 and obviously spent two years absolutely rattling in the goals um, before subsequently moving to Chelsea two years later for £24 million. Um, there or thereabouts, I think. So, I... Um, that would have been a no bad front. Frightening. Right? Absolutely frightening. A young raw Didier Drogba with Hartson and Sutton. Well, the yep. story the, the story Drog. goes as well. So Drogba's full name is Didier E uh, Didier Eve Drogba Tabili. And Tabili and Momo Silla and all that, they're all mates. And Momo Silla at the time was playing with Celtic and he told Drogba that he wouldn't get a sniff so he never bothered coming <laughs> so big shout out now, to Momo for when that. you when you actually sit there and, and think about that it probably no, would that be anyway in that time um, no, I, but I, but still though if he'd held on for a couple of years I think they were what he could have learned from Monster, yep. what a player. 
When did when did you retire a couple of years ago, didn't he? I think I I think he may still be kicking the ball. I think I remember seeing him retiring, but it was recent anyway. I was in Turkey for a few years. Um but good. Um Aye, right, next. Um, aye, next one. I, uh, I guess I've got a kind of double double header on the next one. Actually, um, <laughs> I think you might know what's coming here. Um, I have got two players here because both of them trialed with Celtic at exactly the same aye. time. Uh, one of them is Ivan yep. De La Pena, and the other one is Danny. Um, and both of them are in trial with Celtic. I'm going to say 2003, 2002, Roughly. 2003, 2003, 2004 it was. Um, and I, um, we never signed any of them. We let De La Pena go. Um, and then we uh, we kept Danny on for another week. Um, but it never worked out. Uh, I don't rightly know why. Don't I don't, either one of them never signed. But uh, Ivan De La Pena ended up going on to be one of the best players that Espanyol have ever had. Um, he played 10 years for them and uh, basically just you know, ran a mock with them. Um, Danny never played. No, I know, because I was going to say, he never made my list and I don't really even remember much about him. He just left the Atletico right. Madrid thing. Um, you know, he was decent, you know, decent enough. Player by all accounts, he was a you know kind of. I think De La Pena was the same sort of centre forwards, you know. And I think I think O'Neill was maybe trying to lessen the burden on, you know, just gone from midfield to striker. You know, I think he was trying to place somebody in there next to Petrov with a bit of guile. Um, and he brought in obviously both, uh, you know, both Danny. Danny, I think, was at the time twenty eight or something like twenty nine. So you know, wasn't he just as young? Maybe a wee bit younger. Um, sorry, Danny was 27, De La Pena was at 28, 29 um, and he let De La Pena go quite quickly as I say, he went back saying for Espanyol ran a mock for literally nearly 10 years and then uh, Danny just chucked it kind of got a club that he wanted to play for and just chucked it but I think he'd made his money, you know, he played for Benfica mm-hmm. and then Ajax and, uh, you know, Atletico Madrid as well and played, you know, capped for Portugal during that sort of golden era team and Claudio Gerfigos and Nuno, you know, Nuno Gomez and all that sort of stuff so, uh, Unlucky Celtic, you should have maybe gave a guy a go and see if he was any good. Aye, aye the Del Pena was a sore one because you're right, he was an absolute baller. Great player, man. He never made his debut for Spain until he was like 33 mm. or something like that. 2005, according to Wikipedia. Was it 2005? Aye. Yeah? Aye. Well, there ever was a midfield that was hard to break into and that, that kind of either of Spain was it. Aye. Well, I know he's uh, he's at Roma now, um, so there you go. Is he? Co- he's like... coaching Roma. Uh-huh. Well, he was coaching Roma, certainly the last I heard he was at Roma. Good. So well, there you are, mate. You've got uh, two for one there, Ivan Del Pena. I would say, Del Pena makes sense if he's at Roma, because it's Luis Enrique, you know, out that way. Right. Yes, Barcelona at least he was. Connection. Right, boom, boom, there we are. Um. Who will I go with? We'll go. We'll, we'll cover. We'll stay on topic of the trials. Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So Gordon Smith apparently recommended him 
to Martin O'Neill as well, um, whilst he was at Malmo. And you know, there's that famous line where Zlatan was invited to go and try away Arsenal. Arsenal and Zlatan replies, uh, what was it he said to me? I don't do trials or I don't do interviews or something like that. Typical Zlatan. This was when he was a young man. He was only a teenager at the time. Um, so he left Malmo and he went to Ajax instead and the rest, as they say, is history. But I probably another one similar um, to Drogba, where at that time it was very, very unlikely. He would have got much of a sniff in that team. Aye. Probably. But, you know, if anybody was, he was, he would have made himself... Um... You know, he'd have made himself a useful player for us, no doubt. You know, just his his skill set. Um, but he's one, he's one of the guys. Um, I don't know how well he'd have took to be on the bench. You know what I mean? Like as you say, like he would have, you know, maybe worked his way in there, but different in two thousand four, but two thousand one, maybe maybe last with a kept. Well, maybe spoiled Swedish connection, definitely. I think it would have. It would have probably respected Larson anyway. That's for sure. One of the few people I would imagine that was left in. Respect in the game, <laughs> but of course, himself. Um, right, I've got I've got one for you then. Um, and this one, I this one I just learned today. Um, news to me. Um, Alfredo Di Stefano. I also learned that yesterday afternoon whilst I was researching. I had no idea um, that that was even a, a thing that might have happened. But apparently, at thirty-six year old. Um, Alfredo Di Stefano was going to sign for for Selic, um three years before he won the European Cup, and, and he was going to. We ended up playing, of course, his testimonial when he, when he retired, um, just a few weeks after um, the, the European Cup uh, final. Um, but there you go. I Selic nearly signed Alfredo Di Stefano, and it was so far along that the paperwork was done, uh, only for his family to veto the move on account of the fact that they didn't want to move to Scotland. That's terrible. That's mad. Like I had no, uh, no idea. But yes, absolutely, they are um, xenophobes. Um, now, obviously, you know it would have been a bit of a weird one because the way he joined Real Madrid was spectacular. Um, it was a horrendous sort of indication of a uh, sort of reflection on how Spanish society was organised at the time. Um, that being said, uh, you know it would have been nice to see a guy like that playing for playing for Celtic for a couple of years. You know what I mean? I'm sure my, my oh, grand yeah, like one it. for the grandes. Indeed. Um, okay. Alessandro Del Piero. Big, big one. Uh, So, if I'm not mistaken, he was linked a couple of times. Maybe two windows in a row. Because he was... He was one of the guys that started messing about in Australia and all that. And usually when you get to that point in your career, people just start... Well, this was before. He moved to Sydney in 2012. And it, it was, he chose Sydney over Celtic, which, I mean, I don't know what age he would have been in 2012 in his early to mid-30s. Aye, I mean, our league is still very physical. And as clever as a guy that is, as he is, it's only going to take one clumsy tackle or, I mean, you saw guys like Freddie Lundberg, um, the, the proper, the, well, no, the, whatever way you look at it, Juninho coming over, playing ways and just not being able to get a grip of the game here. It is very fast. 
and it's yeah. aye, if you're not fit, you're going to struggle big time. Or if you're not, if you've not got a wee, at least a wee bit of pace, you're going to struggle. Even if you are two or three passes ahead upstairs, like I'm sure he would have been. And aye, I'm kind of gutted. It would have been good to have seen him for a year, just pinging free kicks all over the place. But at the same time, he would have been on big money as well. Um, apparently, the, the story goes that we either decided against us or he decided against us. Either way. Uh, he decided against us, I and we loaned Miku instead. <laughs> and uh, that's correct. Can you imagine right. Del Piero playing up front against Barcelona at home? Can you imagine him winning two against Barcelona at home? Aye, there's silver linings, I suppose. Uh, Indeed, um, not aye, bad. Not bad. I've got a wee bit of trivia for you, actually, that I, I did the um, mention earlier on. Um, do you know the first game that Celtic played after Rivaldo no. never signed for us? Uh, wait, 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 wait. It was America. when... You think about this, America 2 or 2004, the famous line that's, that's in the tip uh, of your tongue. Is it either be... Is it Real Madrid or Tottenham? Yeah, don't. No, it's not way. You've just you've. I'm going to. I've like got. I've still got a question to ask you, but I don't even know what to ask you. Sure. Anyway, you just don't get them right. It was the time that the American commentator stream oh. released the Kraken. Five minutes into Celtic versus Liverpool, I think on the twenty seventh of July two thousand seven. Um, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself by doing that right now. If you could replicate that call for no. me, that'd be great. I'll take my hat on that. <laughs> Next. Next. I am going to go for Michael Cadlitch. Oh, aye. That's a, that's a name from Football Manager Folklore, by the way. That's the name aye. for 2007. Um, Michael Cadlitch was the uh, Sparta Prague left-back at a time when Celtic went. And you've been quite lucky with left-backs for the past few seasons. But for a long time during you know, Neil's time there, Celtic basically had no left-back. We had Jackie McNamara or Yusuf Haram playing out of position. Uh, we had Ulrich Lawson, but mm. he was mince. Um, we signed Michael Gray, I think in 2003, trying to play there. But really for a period between 2000 and 2001, which is Tom Boyd basically left, um, up until, I would say, uh, Izagiri signed, we didn't really have a solid, consistent starting left back. Now, that's a wee bit unfair on Naylor, because Naylor did a job for us. Um, but he, he probably was not the guy that you know was going was gonna, to was going to be there in the long run um, despite the fact he managed to get mm. three or four years actually to say that but I, I, didn't, I didn't really fancy uh, reading that much throughout the duration of Strack and Drain Celtic were linked with Michael Cadlitch um, and to this day he's like Gundan and Falkland among Celtic fans online that you know who are we going to sign this year's going to be Michael Cadlitch and pretty much up until Keane signed for us it was just always Keane and Cadlitch every year Keane and Cadlitch Keane and Cadlitch and he never did sign for us um, he ended up leaving Sparta Prague and going to play for Bayer Leverkusen for five years when he made 130 appearances. Uh, and then he went to Fenerbahce and, you know, had a solid career by all accounts. It's looked, you know, he's still kicking a ball now, um, you know, for the, for the club that he actually came through at a youth, at youth level with. Um, but it's uh, Michael Cadlitch for me. Probably should have signed him and just solved us, solved the left back issues for a few years. I think he ended up. Sparta sold him for about a million and a half in 2000, uh, 2007, Typical. so it wasn't even that much money. Um, but you know, your biscuit tin, so you know how it goes. Right. So that's my fourth. Um, uh, you, go for us then? No, you went first, didn't you? Uh, you went first. So, yes. I'm going to pick 
Stephen Fletcher. Because again, he ticks a couple of boxes on your criteria as well, whereas he was linked for about a season and a half, I'm sure. And, um, again, that's the one where he was dying to go. He was urging Hibs he wanted to leave and come to his, I think it was two and a half, two and a half million we bid for him. It was rejected. Burnley was three, put in about a three million and he accepted it. But there's um, like that, uh, Hibs board at the time that Petrie she's still on the Hibs board at that time I think yep. he just got a bit pissed off at um, Celtic and Rangers just taking all of the decent players from Hibs to be honest because they had raided them the last few few years with Brown Thompson um, Whitaker Rylden uh, can't think of anybody else but they'd basically just pillaged their squad for the last few years, and I think he'd had enough, and wouldn't take wouldn't take the money off Celtic. But uh, he was, I thought he would have been, he would have been a good signing. Um, everyone that play, has played with him on that open goal on Cyferi's podcast, they always tout him, saying that he was a great player. Maybe um, more to him than what meets the untrained eye, because I never thought he was that <laughs> brilliant. But two and a half, three million, I would have paid that for him, they were. I listened to that captain's talk a few weeks ago with Grant Hanley and Scott Brown, and they's, they were just saying he was Aye. he was tremendous. He could empty him, could he kick him, could he, you know, he's faster than you, stronger than you. And I think he was a Celtic fan, and all. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but but no, mate, I, I think what, what I remember most about that one was, if you remember, that was what, 2009, 2010, that was 2008, 2009 season, that was, wasn't it? Um, because that was the one where McDonald had kind of fell off a cliff and we didn't really have any goals yeah. in the team at all. And um, the world and, you know, everybody knew that, you know, we yeah. had to sign a striker. Um, and if we signed a striker, we'd have won the league that year probably because Rangers, I think, only won it by two points. Um, but we didn't. And that was the that was the one with the Green Brigade banner that, if I remember right, was like a big <laughs> toilet with the league game in it, remember? Um, and it's, it's true, like, that was just... And you know they can never allow, they can never be allowed to do that again. You know they effectively handed Rangers the the first of what became three in a row, um, just by by no investing a million and a half pound in a striker who, you know, would have done a good job for us. You know, over the years he would, have, he would have been fine for us. Um, certainly would have scored goals and knew how he scored goals in Scotland and we and we did any, we did any of the business before we messed the guy about for a six and a half a million quid or something like that. I, I mean, big time. Speaking of messing people about and ultimately right. paying the price for it. Going to, I, know you, um, I think I know where you're going with this, but I was going to just try and sidestep oh, it, to be honest. I know. I know. Um, I can't even put this in because it's it's the most angry I've ever been, um, which is a ridiculous thing to say about Celtic signing a player. Um, but it is categorically the most angry I've ever been um, about Celtic no signing a player, which is obviously John McGinn I'm talking about. You're never going to get... I, I'm, you're just never going to get a straight shoot. You know, he plays, he's going to be good for his player like that again. You're never going to get a guy that you just know for a fact is going to sign for you for a million and a half pound and be you know, and be your captain. Three years in the line. Do you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. You don't get straight shoots like that. You don't get absolute guarantee nailed on success stories. And that is as close as you'll get to them at Celtic. And we messed him around for the sake of it. Like 400 grand or something like that, 300 grand. John McGinn knew his worth 
can you buy him for thirty million? Sense. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if somebody went in for John McGinn just named for thirty million pound, I think I think Aston Villa would quite rightly be on and on about it. Um, he's one of the most dynamic and effective midfielders in that Premier League, and I would not be surprised if a Man United or a Liverpool were to make a move for him uh, at some point over the next year or so because he's he's got everything about him: clever, knows how to tackle, tremendous passer of the ball, scores humdingers, um, and he he seems by all accounts again another one who loves his life the right way. You know, he doesn't. He, you don't you never hear about him being in trouble or being bothered, you know, out in the swally and all that stuff. He just seems to be interested in his football. Um, that also happened to be the night that we played Athens at home. It was the eighth of August. Um, that we that we I was walking to the ground when I found out that the deal had collapsed and he was going to Villa. And I remember just getting into the ground and just honestly, like we spoke about it last week, but I remember just getting into the ground <laughs> and just looking about for we're gonna get beat tonight. We're gonna get beat tonight, like or we're gonna you know, this isn't gonna work tonight. You know, it was just it was just ridiculous. It was just a complete open goal and uh classic sort of, you know, Lowell, you know, he seems to be decent at pulling Rough diamonds out of thin air, but you know, he just doesn't seem to know. You know, uh, he just looked at can the see the forest for the trees? Oh, yes, mate. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm still spewing about that one in case you can't. You can't. Uh, it it's it's, it's, uh, you want to see him do well because you're right, by all accounts, he's a nice guy, uh, works hard, deserves his, his success to me like 100%. But then every time he scores for 35 yards or 60-yard crossfield ball perfectly onto some lad who just calmly slots it in the faraway corner and it fires onto your Twitter feed, you're just like, that should be us. Can you imagine a midfield three of Brown, McGregor and McGinn? Ah, It's terrifying. I mean, that that would would be absolutely tremendous. And not only that as well, but your captain maybe would be able to phase himself in at the team a wee bit. the only thing that you know that sort of that that softened the blow on it uh, for us was the emergence of Christie. You know the fact that Christie, um, you know, three months later against Aberdeen and, and the semi-final had a fight a coming out party, and that's really you know because Rogic is a terrific player, but he is another mm-hmm. one that's quite injury prone. Um, whereas Christie gives us that kind of dyna- dynamism and directness in the field. Uh, it's definitely not a replacement. You know, it's not somebody if it's one or the other. I'm taking McGinn. And I would have said that to you two years ago as well. Um, uh, I'm, st- I just, you know, I think it was a ridiculous decision. I thought it was a ridiculous decision at the time, and I, and I still think it's a, a ridiculous decision. Hundred percent agree. Um, aye. Well, I've got a choice. I've got a choice to make oh, for yeah. the last one. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, there's two. I mean, I didn't know either of these. You know what? Two. I might just tell you both of them. So the one I'll choose, going in the spirit of me having a five-a-side team here, I need a goalie, Brad Friedel. Mm-hmm. So, See that I, boy. <laughs> so Brad Friedel was on trial. Um, Liam Brady brought him in on trial in 1993. Uh, uh, that, that famous 40-year to you want to tell the listeners who else was in it? Do you remember? She given. Patrick Correct. Porter, Correct. Brad Friedo, and the fourth one is another American goalkeeper, isn't it? I wasn't thinking it was. I thought it was Stuart Kerr. 
I will be Stuart Kelly. I mean, Julie really kills me. Hey. Hey. Oh, <laughs> that's two. That's two strikes by you. Uh, two okay. strikes and it's about the third one you're out, mate. You know the script. <laughs> Aye, so in 1993, it was on trial for God knows how long anyway, and they just Liam Brady, clueless. Didn't you see anything on him? Didn't think he was like a game in front of the keepers that we already had and decided not to, to give him any sort of deal. It was, do you know that him, Bradfredo played amateur or I don't even know if it was semi-professional at the time in America, college soccer, and he didn't actually turn professional until he was in his 20s. 22, I believe. Apparently so. Right, right. But I imagine Bradfredo, man, yeah. what a career he had. That World Cup, he'll, I think that's, he'll be down and that'll be his legacy, won't it? That, that absolutely wild World Cup. No, no World Cup, sorry, that was Howard. The run with Blackburn Rovers, he had some sort of wild clean sheet record before um, before we played them, and that was a big thing. It was like, oh, well, Arsenal's been free scoring, but... Blackburn have got either the least amount of goals conceded in the Premier League or he's on some sort of mad run to hit a record. Right, then he stop us. Aye. Yeah. Uh, my other one, aye, yeah, another good one. one. Uh, my six, six. My, six, my sub. Some sub. David Ginola. <laughs> David Ginola. David G, aye. Um, so... The people, I don't know, I'm, I've read this a couple of times and I don't want to think that you used Celtic as a bit of a, a bit of leverage to get more money out of Newcastle, but it kind of, when you read between the lines, it looks a bit like that. Um, apparently he had agreed, verbally agreed terms to sign for Celtic, but then went back to Newcastle or told his agent to go back to Newcastle and tell him this, and uh, Newcastle goes on to and just put an extra... A few quid in his pocket basically so he went and had the, the career that he did with them instead but Christ man that would have been frightening I think it was 95 94-ish been... that we would have we would have got him so we'd have been Aye, what, 26 peak, 27 peak, time, peak. Did he? Aye. Peak, you know that unbelievable but I never knew that until That's I was bad. looking this up mm-hmm. um okay was that uh, your I, I mean there's there's two others that I could have spoke about, but I don't really want it because they're Rangers players, former Rangers players, so we'll, we'll draw a line under that. Or will we? Do you want to know who it is? Do you know who it is? After okay. top of your head quickly. Two. Mojo. Who? No, no. No, no, no. Well, he could be in there because he technically did say really But um, a lot more recent than this. Talking. 2010-ish, 11. Correct. Djelovic. And... And... Who else? Oh, eh... Eh... Not as good be me. Nah. Neesmith. Kyle Lafferty. He could have been on it, no, to be fair. Aye. Ah, Kyle Lafferty, no. Neesmith could have been on it, because I'm certain Celtic would have under stacking. Oh, well. Okay, um... I've got a question for you. Uh, right. It's my weekend. I, all, so, I? I thought I was going to with this. How many domestic matches had Celtic gone unbeaten before losing to Hearts in December 2017? Uh, Five, four, three, fifty-two, six, one. 
<laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this number to you, and your response is going to be nice. Oh, 69. <laughs> Indeed, my man. Nice. nice. <laughs> um, so, I, is there anything else that we need to add? Um, I don't think so. Nothing at the moment. Nothing that can't wait. I wonder how many players have, like, guys who have been absolutely incredible for us have like, been linked to Celtic and got close to signing for Celtic and then we've never heard about it. Aye, the, the unreported on deals, aye. That's... Yes, because these are the ones you know about, you know, and we actually don't take players on trial much anymore. I know we had an Italian boy on trial at QPR in 2012. Um, um, but apart from aye. that... Okay. Do you know we had Thomas Hitzelsberger on trial, no? I did know that. Mm. I, it was in the 90s, wasn't it? Um, I, no, I, I can't really think of anybody else that I would like to mention to that, that, that section. That was, uh, we'll go for next week. Wait for listeners. We'll see if it, cause, aye, because I can't think it off the top of my head. I'm too busy this week. And last week. Aye. aye. Likewise. Right, well, in that case... Yes. Um, have a fantastic right, take week care, everyone. see you later so this week due to some sort of quirk or glitch of the recording software that we used to record the pod Jamie's mic was somehow still connected and recording even after I had hung up the call so if anyone out there is in any sort of doubt as to what type of Celtic man Jamie is this will answer that for you after I hung up the call this is what he was wondering about his house on his own, singing. You might need to turn the volume up a wee touch. I've tried my best raising the levels, but it's a wee bit quiet. But it's gold if you can get it. And from our quick uh, discussion that we have before we actually start properly recording. I've clipped this of him getting himself pumped up for the big game. Uh, enjoy, and uh, see you all next week. That's what, fucking, that's what keeps the magic happening, that man. That's what keeps the people going back.